You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Hello, welcome again to our broadcast today. We are starting a new series. I call it The Reality of Our Spiritual Walk. The Reality and Power of Our Spiritual Walk. So as we go into the Word of God, I want you to know that you were made in God's image after His likeness. And we know that God is a spirit. And if God is a spirit and you were made in His image after His likeness, it means that you are also a spirit. Okay. At least and a part of you is a spirit. So uh, let's look at Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and verse 28. I want to start from there. In the book of Genesis, when God spoke, you know, there was uh, a discussion among the Godhead. All right? And um, in verse 26, God said, that's Elohim, Elohim said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let, him, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, Elohim, we know, is, is God that's in plural. And this is, this is the first introduction of the name of God. Elohim is the, the, the name that features in this chapter, um, in the whole of this chapter, we will see God. God, God is being mentioned. It's Elohim, and that's a plural form of God, referring to the Godhead. All right, referring to the Godhead. So, God the Father, God the Father said to God the Son and the Holy Spirit, "Let us make man in our image, after our likeness." Okay, and and then verse twenty-seven says, "So God created man." In his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, in verse 28, and, and um, God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God, we see that God actually created the heavens and the earth. If you look at chapter 1 of Genesis verse 1, it says, In the beginning God made the heavens and the earth. He created the heavens and the earth. All right? So um, he prepared the place for us. He prepared heaven. And then he prepared the earth. He prepared heaven. And he, if he created the heavens, that means that he was in existence before heaven. All right? Before heaven. So he created heaven. And then he, you know, we're also told he created the earth. Now we're not told the, the, the gap between the creation of heaven and the creation of earth. But we just know the account. And here... He has, I mean, he has already created the earth. He has put 
vegetation on the earth. He has put everything that man needs on the earth. And now God puts, he, he now decides to create man. All right? And he creates man in his image after his likeness. And the Bible makes it very clear to us. Jesus actually said that, that God is a spirit. Okay? And the, the, the Bible uh, in the book of Hebrews also calls God the father of spirits. So the father of spirits means he's the originator of spirits. Okay? Yeah. So... God is the father of spirits. He made us in his image after his likeness. So he made us as spirit beings. And he gave us a physical body. All right. Which we see later on in, in chapter 2 of Genesis. All right. In chapter 2 of Genesis. Let's read um, verse 7. It says, And the Lord God formed man. Out of the dust of the ground, and breathe into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So he formed man out of the dust of the earth. So there is the creation that took place in in um, Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-seven. And then there is the formation that took place in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And what does that tell us? It tells us that man has the capacity. Because when he formed the body here, this is a physical being. So man has the capacity. God created man and gave man the capacity to function in both worlds, both the spiritual world and the natural world. So, if we like, we can put it this way, that man has a spiritual abode and also a natural abode. What enables man to operate in the natural abode is a physical body, okay? But... Without the spirit, the physical body, the spirit of man immediately goes into the spiritual abode. All right, there's a spiritual abode, and then there is a physical abode. Okay, so this is a reality that um, we need to understand and to begin to operate in both worlds effectively. We need to operate in both worlds effectively. What has happened is that most of us are only aware and only focus on the, our natural and our physical abode. In other words, all our endeavors, all our activities, all our visions, all our goals, all our dreams, are relegated to the natural world only. And we know that this world is passing away. Everything that you see naturally is going to, um, is going to be phased out at some point in the history of man's existence. The Bible makes that very clear to us. Okay, So it's important for you to know 
to understand as well, the Bible makes it very clear that our natural abode is actually a temporary abode. Okay, It's a temporary abode, but then we have a spiritual abode, which is a permanent abode. A permanent abode. So it makes more sense, all right? It makes more sense for us to invest more in our permanent abode than in our temporary abode. All right? Think about it this way. Um, when, if you go to Cape Town, you know, I used to, we used to live in Cape Town. And so there are, in Cape Town, we, we, uh, we see a lot of, a lot of uh, apartments and houses that belong to people who are not permanent residents of South Africa, okay? Some of them are European citizens, German citizens, English citizens, some Asians, some Americans, all right? These are people who are very comfortable in life and they can afford, they can afford to have a home by the seaside in Cape Town or you know, a beautiful place near the mountain. They have homes there, but then they live in their nations. Okay? They live in their nations. So, maybe once or twice a year, they would come to Cape Town. Alright? They would come to Cape Town. And then they would spend time there. After some time, they go back to their permanent abode. Although the, 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 the property in Cape Town belongs to them, they paid for it, but it's not their permanent residential address. So because of that, those properties you see in, you see those properties in, in, in Cape Town might not have as much comfort might not have as much uh, investment as where they live most of their lives. Okay? It will be senseless. It will be senseless for them to be living in a cubicle in America or in, 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 in Europe, maybe living in a garage, and then come to buy a mansion in Cape Town. And they would probably in a year spend about maximum four weeks in a year in, in Cape Town. So they're spending majority of their time, majority of their time in Europe or wherever it is they come from. So that is the thinking I want you to develop, okay? I want you to develop that kind of thinking about life. Don't make the mistake of Measuring all your investment, measuring all your investments in your temporary abode. Meanwhile, you have a permanent abode that is going to last for eternity. Think about how you invest, how you live. This reality is important if you're going to live wisely, if you're going to if you're going to really 
fulfill your destiny, you need this kind of understanding. Otherwise, you will misplace your priorities. You misplace your priorities and put all your investments, all your energy, all your vision, all your goals, and all your pursuits are based on your temporary abode. That's not wise at all. It's not wise. So, if you want to be wise, you want to walk in wisdom, you need to pay close attention to what I'm saying. Okay? Yeah. So, what we're going to do, we're going to be looking at this, uh, this series. Uh, through this series, we're going to be looking at some key vital principles that would help you to, to develop that mindset and also to tap into the power of, 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 of our, our spiritual walk, our spiritual experience, our spiritual world, our spiritual abode. There is what has been laid up for you in that realm of the spirit. But then there is a reality that we face in our natural abode, in our physical abode. Okay, yeah, so it's important for us to, to um, understand this. Now, God made man in the beginning and put him, put him in the garden. We see that in chapter 2. In chapter 2, verse 15, he says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So God puts man in the garden, gives him some restrictions. All right? Gives him some restrictions. I say, You can eat everything. The whole planet, <laughs> the whole earth <laughs> belongs to you. The whole of this garden belongs to you. There is just one tree you must not eat from. It's there too. It's there. Some people say, but if, if, if God knew that man was going to eat it, why did he put it there? He put it there to test his obedience. He put it there to give him an opportunity to make the right choice. Okay, to make the right choice. Remember that man was made in God's image. After his likeness, God has choices. God is able to make choices. God is not compelled to do anything. He chooses. Just like when Jesus came, he laid his life down for us. The Bible says that he laid his life down and he had the power to take it up. God the Father gave him the option to choose. But God the Father made his will very clear to Jesus. He made his will clear to Jesus. But that notwithstanding, Jesus still had the option. He had the option to do or not to do the will of the Father. So if God made us in his image after his likeness, it just makes sense for him to give us options just because he himself has options as well. So if there was no tree of knowledge of good and evil and man was put there, man is not given the option to choose, 
to choose whether to obey God or not. If man does not have, if man does not have that opportunity, then man is not fully given the opportunity to operate like God. Remember, he's made in the image of God after his likeness. So he has to be given the freedom, the free will to choose just like God is free to choose. So God in his wisdom put that there and then even gave, gave man the consequences of eating from that tree. So if you eat from that tree, if you eat from that tree, you're going to die. You can eat of every other tree. You won't die if you eat from any other tree. But this particular one, if you eat it, the day you eat it, you're going to die. So when you, if you eat that tree, a new reality is going to come into your life. You're going to experience a reality I didn't create you for. That's what God is saying indirectly. You're going to experience a reality I never planned for you. So my plan is for you not to touch that tree. No, or rather not to eat from that tree. But you can eat from every other tree. Alright. So, but we know the story. Man, man decided to eat that tree. From that tree, he ate that fruit. And from that day, Things changed. Things changed. So there was now a separation that took place in the realm of the spirit. And from that time, man has been living below the standard that God created man to operate in. Man has been living under servitude from that time. A different reality came into play in the life of Adam, his wife, and the rest of his descendants. You and I included. So, but God in his mercy made a way. Okay? He made a way for us. He made a way for us to experience, to get back to the reality that Adam had before he ate that fruit. So when he ate that fruit, he lost his position. He lost his position. He lost his crown. Okay. Adam was the Lord over the earth. God put him over the earth, gave him dominion over the earth, blessed him, empowered him. But man lost that. And so God sends Jesus to restore that. Okay? And so if we look at John chapter 3, in John chapter 3, and I want to read verse, uh, verse 5. In fact, let me read from verse, verse 3. It says, Jesus answered, this is Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, one of the rulers, uh, a ruler of the Jews. All right? Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. All right? And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? 
can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus, come on. I know you're a smart guy. What are you talking about? Then Jesus answered him and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. So there is being born again. All right. He says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. All right. Then, unless he's born of water and of spirit, he says, you, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Then he now says in verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So here, Jesus makes a clear distinction. Alright? A clear distinction. Now, in the beginning... Adam, God created man in his image after his likeness. So Adam was, was a spirit being. And then God formed a physical body and put, put the spirit of Adam into that. And man became a living being, according to what the Bible says. All right? He became a living being. So when Adam ate from that tree... He lost his position and he realized he was naked and, and he lost his relationship with God. He lost his relationship with God and things have been terrible for humanity until Jesus showed up. And now Jesus brings an opportunity to mankind so that we can experience that reality again. But this time around, it's going to require a spiritual birth. Okay? It's going to require a spiritual birth. And that's why Jesus says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And unless he's born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So, yes. And Jesus says, there is what is born of the flesh, which is your biological birth, you are born by your mother, that's your biological birth. So Nicodemus, his understanding, he didn't know, he didn't understand that there is also a spiritual birth. He was only thinking of natural birth, which is a physical birth coming out of his mother's womb. So Jesus is saying that, look, there is another birth that needs to take place and that one is spiritual that one is spiritual it's not natural so god needs to give birth to a new spirit and put that spirit into you then you become born again you become a child of god all right so um that this is important for you to understand the reality of your spiritual walk. Because you're supposed to have a spiritual life. You're supposed to have a spiritual walk. Okay? You have a spiritual walk. And if you don't, um, if you don't meditate on this and let this sink in you, if you don't have a clarity, if you don't have clarity on this, it's going to affect 
It's going to affect your experience of what Christ has made available to you. So this is the starting point. The starting point is receiving Jesus into your heart. And so um, most of us have done that. And if you're watching and you haven't done that, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that by the end of uh, the, the broadcast. Okay? So this is just to kind of like uh, lay, lay, lay a foundation for you. Okay? So now, remember I mentioned that we have a spiritual abode and we also have a physical abode. Okay? Um, in uh, Acts chapter 17 or so, yeah, in Acts 17, he says, he says, in him we live and move and have our being. Okay? In him we live and move and have our being. So we live in him who? In Christ. So our spiritual abode, Christ is our entry point into our spiritual abode. He is the one that has, has made room for us to go back to the kind of relationship that Adam had with God before he fell. And there is power in that. And we're going to explore some of the things that constitute the power of walking in this reality and even how to walk in this reality. All right? Yes. So, now, let's, let's look at the, the Bible in the Romans chapter 8. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. And I want to read verse 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So there is therefore now no condemnation. The moment you come into Christ, there is no condemnation. Let me read that in another version, in the, in the Amplified Version. In the Amplified Version, I like the way the Amplified Version puts it. Okay? The Amplified Version, uh, just a moment, let me open it here. Thank you, Jesus. Amplified is... is is one of those Bibles that gives us a, a, an expanded understanding, <clears throat> expanded view. Okay, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation, all right? No guilty verdict. Remember that Adam, we all inherited the sin of Adam. We all inherited the judgment that God pronounced when he told Adam, the day you eat from this tree, you are going to die. So each and every one of us inherited that. Okay? So, but now, because of Christ, because of Christ, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, okay? No punishment, for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ, if you have received Jesus into your life, you live in Christ and Christ lives in you. 
Okay? So there is no guilty verdict on you. So Adam's guilt can no longer be effective over your life. All right? Because of Jesus. Those who are in Christ, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. Yes. So you have given your life to Jesus and you are now under his Lordship. There is no guilty verdict over you. Why? You have been translated to the, to the kingdom of his dear son from the domain of darkness. From the abode, your previous abode was darkness. The kingdom of darkness, God has translated you and I through the sacrifice of Jesus. And then um, in verse 2, he says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There is a law that works in every abode, okay? Every abode, every abode has laws and principles that govern life in that abode, okay? If you go to any nation, any nation you go to, there are laws that govern life in that nation. So you can't leave South Africa and then go to United States and you expect South African law to work there. No. It won't work there. It won't. Why? South African laws are meant for South Africa. American laws are meant for America. So when you go to America, you have to adapt to the laws of America. So you, in, 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 the, in the spiritual world, there are laws that govern operation in the, in the spiritual world. And then in the natural world, there are laws that govern life in the natural world. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. It's still effective. Okay? Just like over here. You might believe that, uh, that the, speed, the, 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 the speed limit on the freeway is mostly 120 kilometers per hour. If you don't believe that, and you feel that you, know, you need to go 180, and you keep going 180, you're going to be arrested. You're going to be arrested and you can't tell the police, I didn't know or I don't believe in this law. If you tell the policeman you don't believe, it, it has nothing to do with, with, uh, with your belief. Okay? The law is there, you just need to abide by it, otherwise you get punished for not abiding by it. So it's the same thing in the spirit world as well as in the natural world where we live and we have our abode in both places so the laws of the spirit apply to us and then the laws in the natural also in the in the physical world also apply to us so we need to learn to to operate laws in both places okay yes so now um if you if you have been uh, if you are now in Christ, you've given your life to Jesus Christ, there is a way you're supposed to walk and there, is, there are certain realities that have been made available to you by virtue of receiving Christ in your life. 
And so, one of the things he's saying here is that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. So, there is a law of sin and death that is in operation in the dark world. It's also in operation in, uh, in the world, in the physical world today. In the physical world today, Although we're looking and you see, you don't see the realm of the spirit. All you see is the natural world. You see the trees, the ground. You see the sky. And you see the, the rocks and so on, the waters. That's all you see physically. But make no mistake. There is a parallel world. Okay? That is also there. It's real. Alright? So there are laws. There are laws that are working against people, against people who are not under Christ, under the, the Lordship of Jesus. Those who are not under the Lordship of Jesus have another reality that they have to face. So verse 2 says, let me read it in the Amplified. It says, for the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus the law of our new being. So our new being came with a new law. Yes. The law of our new being has set you free from the law of sin and death. There was a law that kicked in when Adam ate that fruit. And that law has been ruling humanity. It's been ruling humanity, but now Christ has broken the power of that. And I want you to know... Uh, uh, years ago, I, I read about John G. Lake. Well, he, had a, he had a powerful revelation of this verse too. John G. Lake was a missionary here in South Africa years ago. And he, while he was a missionary here in South Africa years ago, this man, there was an outbreak and, and uh, it, 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 was, it was kind of like a pandemic. You know, there's an outbreak, people were were getting sick, people were infected, people were dying, and John Gillick was there helping. He was helping the people, and he didn't have much uh, protective gear. All right? Now, it was so infectious, people would die just by coming in contact with an infected person. And so... John G. Lake, they were, he was, uh, people were surprised and they asked him, how is it that you, you don't get infected? You are helping, you are assisting, and you, 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 you're not, you don't have protective gear and you're still able to, to, to maintain your health. And he quoted this verse. He says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So he had an understanding. He had a revelation. He had a deep spiritual understanding of this verse. And not only that. He was walking in it. So he knew that that condition came as a result of the law of sin and death. Okay, But he was operating by a higher law. He was operating by higher law, which is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So you and I have access to the same spirit. 
The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death does not have any legal right. It doesn't have any legal right to oppress you, to harass you. Why? Because remember, the guilty verdict over your life has been taken away by Jesus. The guilty verdict that opened the punish that released the punishment of sickness and death and disease and oppression and demonic harassment, all those things. That 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 guilt has been taken away. That judgment has been executed on the cross. And because it was executed on the cross, I want you to know that you ought to be living the reality of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's important. Yes. It's important. We're living in a time of pandemic now. And, you know, there's so much going on. Many people have died, and even Christians included. And, and, I'm, and, and, I'm, and uh, I'm, if, if you've lost people, I want to I, I say, may the Lord comfort you. May the Lord comfort you. Receive comfort from the Lord right now in the name of Jesus. May the Lord console you. May the Lord console your families. And, and many of us have, we know people who passed away, who were taken out. But I want to say again, I want to emphasize the importance of going back to the word of God and to stand and begin to feed upon the word of God. Begin to build your faith again in the word of God. Okay? Yes. Why? Because the, the guilt has been taken away. And so right now, because of that, the law of the spirit of life, there's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, has liberated you. Has liberated you. You need to receive that in your spirit. Receive that and begin to declare that. Let this be a reality in your life. The law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, don't say, oh, well, you know, some people are only spiritual on Sundays. You know, the rest of the, the, rest of the week, they're saying, look, we're not in church now. This is not, this is not about church. This is not about Bible. <laughs> no, this is reality. Listen to me. The, it depends on the world you want to live in. If you want to live in the natural abode, if you want to focus all your energy on this temporary uh, uh, world that is passing away and you, and you focus more on that, then there are realities that are in Christ that will not be meted out to you. So if you're going to walk in the reality of what Jesus has paid for, then you need to pay attention to what I'm saying. Okay. Yes, so the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. And you know what happened? John Gillick was quoting this and they said, look, they didn't understand what he was saying. So he said to them, look, you can take, you can take a spittle or a 
get something from someone who was infected spittle let's say yeah take the person's spittle put it on my hand and you will see pull look at it under the microscope and and and, and they did that and put, put it under the microscope and the thing was moving they could see it was moving then after some time it stopped moving and then it died right before their eyes they saw it die and they understood so in other words when this it's not that John Chilek doesn't it's, it's not that they they whether it's a virus or a bacteria or a germ whatever it was it's not that when it touches it, it doesn't touch his body but when it touches his body the life of Christ in him the law of the spirit of life it's more powerful that it kills anything anything that is contrary okay so let's begin to believe God let's begin to believe God for this because there is more there's more protection in God than in anything man is able to do all right so God uses man to help our faith but it's not so that we don't develop our faith God uses man to 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 so um, God uses science, let me put it that way. Yeah, God uses science to help us in where our faith is, but not so that we remain there, but for us to grow. So God is giving us, it's kind of like giving someone, someone who, is, um, who is injured, you now give him crutches, okay? You give him crutches and you're helping the person. The crutch is not supposed to be a permanent feature in the, that person's life. So the crutch is there to assist the person and to make it easier to lighten the weight of, on the person's leg so that, so that the, the leg can heal properly. So the leg can heal. So the crutch is there for that. Then after some time, as a person is, is, as, as a person is being treated, is going through physio and is, is giving time to heal, and so on then after some time they will take one crutch away and the person continues like that they continue with the person like that until after some time the person is now strong enough all the crutches are taken away and the person is restored back to normal that's how it is supposed to be in our walk with you know in this world although yes God has made everything available to us in the spirit and in Christ but it and 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 God can see that okay we are not there yet so God now decides to give this the scientists wisdom to help us and I'm using the the the, the aspect of health now because I believe every one of us can relate to that so God is giving us that to help us to assist us but not so that we remain permanently in that place, but for us to develop, develop our faith, begin to develop our faith so that we can now begin, we can now begin to experience the real thing. We want to grow from where we are to where Adam was before he fell. That's where we should be, we should be pressing into. We should be pressing in to experiencing everything Jesus paid for. 
All right. I hope you're getting my point. And, and, and uh, I'm telling you, if we would believe God's word and begin to take it and chew it, when I say chew it, I mean you meditate on it. Let it fill your mind. Let it, let it fill your thoughts. Let it fill your talk. And let it affect your walk and how you live. It's important. When we start doing that, we're going to start seeing more of the power of God in our lives. We're going to see more of the realities of what Jesus has paid for. If we want to live like Christ, if we want to, if we want to really change the world, we need to start doing that. And let me share this testimony. This happened, this was, this was uh, in a particular church. True life story, okay? This, 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 this healing evangelist was invited to this church to preach. And this guy goes to the church and everywhere this healing evangelist goes, he ministers healings happening. People get healed. People are, uh, um, God used him mightily in, in the healing ministry. So he got to this particular church. And when he got to this particular church, he was preaching there. And after he finished preaching, he now prayed for the sick, like he normally did in other places. He prayed for the sick. And then after that, now asked anybody here that uh, maybe experienced healing, just signify, raise your hand, let's see. And, and, and this, is a, this is a big church. He made the call and there was not one person. And he says, ah, this is strange. And he, he explained himself again. And not one person, not one person raised his hand. And then the pastor came up and said, there's no sick person here. <laughs> he says, there's no sick person here because everyone here is living in divine health and they don't fall sick. They've appropriated what Jesus has done They've been taught to do that and they've been living in that. So there's no, there's no need for the healing anointing here because healing anointing is for the sick. It's, it's not for those who are well. And that was, wow. <laughs> the man was very surprised because he had never come across that throughout his ministry. But that is, that is, that is where we ought to be. Okay, That's where we ought to be. So, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. And does that mean that if you fall sick, you have are, you are sinned? No. Does that mean that if you fall sick, you are inferior? No, it doesn't. It just means we are still growing from time to time. You know, we've, we've had flus and we've had different conditions. It's, it's, it's just that we're human. And we still, we still need to aspire to get to that place. If you don't have a goal, you won't get anywhere. So what am I trying to do? I want us to raise the bar now and start trusting God. All right? If Jesus paid for this, then this should not. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be comfortable with this. I now begin to resist it. Let's begin to, let's begin to resist it. Engage our faith. Oh, Pastor, when I tried it, I got sicker. Then don't just try. Start doing it. 
Stand, standing on the word. Continue to stand on the word. Doesn't matter how long. Just keep standing. Keep declaring it. You are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Just keep declaring that. Keep declaring that. It's your covenant right. Remember, he's Jehovah Rapha. He's your father. Wonderful. Yes. So, what are we saying? <laughs> there is a reality and there is a power in our spiritual walk. As we walk with God, we need to know what is really ours and we need to know how to appropriate it. And that's what this is about. Okay? Yes. Pastor, are you there? No, I'm not there. But <laughs> I'm working towards it. Come on. Yes. I'm working towards it. Should I wait until I get there before I share with you? Um, I, don't want, I don't think it's, 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 it's wise for me to do that. Why? Because if it's, it's better for us to get there together. So let's work at it. Let's work at it together. And we will get there. Amen. Yes. Glory to God. So, there is, don't forget, there is the abode in the spirit. And you, right where you are right now, I want you to know, you, the spirit world is real. And you are there right now. You're not trying to be there. Christ has positioned you there already. But you are also physically where you are listening to me. You're physically there in the natural as well. You know, the Bible says we're seated together with Christ in the heavenly places. It's not we're trying to. It's not we're about to. No, we are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places. So right now, as you're sitting Listening to me, watching, you are also sitting in, in, in the spirit, in, in Christ, in the spirit. Amazing mystery. But that's what the Bible tells us. And that is true. So there are realities in the spirit that you need to bring into the natural. You need to bring into the natural. Remember the illustration I use of the person that... Is permanently in, uh, in America or in Europe and has a house in Cape Town, has an apartment or house in Cape Town. From time to time, when he's traveling to Cape Town, he can bring some things from his permanent abode. Or there are some gadgets he'll bring with him so that he can, uh, he can make life easier. When he's in Cape Town. This is what he's used to over there. That he would bring over, over here in Cape Town. So it's the same thing. There are, there are certain uh, resources that have been made available to you in Christ. Okay, There are certain uh, privileges that have been made available for you in Christ. There are certain powers that have been made available to you in Christ then you need to be able to bring them from that spiritual abode into the natural, into your temporary abode, so, that to, so as to make life uh, more, uh, what, what will I say, your, to your experience of life, more rich, richer, 
rather. Yes. Okay. So that is important. Don't forget that. All right. We are in the spirit, but we are also in the natural. The spiritual life is superior to the natural life. Let that govern you. So we're going to talk more into this and show you uh, practical ways. Okay. But uh, our time is up. Have to. We will uh, continue next week. All right. Joe, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your people. I pray, oh God, for a clear understanding, oh Father, of the distinctions, oh God, between the natural and the spiritual. Lord God, I also ask for wisdom, oh God. I ask for insight. I ask for understanding, Lord God, of their spiritual reality. Let the spirit of wisdom and revelation be released unto each and every one of your people. Oh God, who are listening to me today, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, I remove every veil. I command veils to be removed. Oh God, let it be clear. Let it be clear. Oh God, let the spiritual experience dominate their natural experience. And let it not be the other way around. Thank you, Father. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're not born again, I want to pray for you, give you that opportunity. Remember, Jesus said, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And unless you're born of one out of spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So I want to give you that opportunity. If you want to do that, just repeat this after me. Just pray after me. Just say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth. That he is Lord. I invite him into my heart. And say Jesus come in. Come into my heart. Make me a new person. Thank you Jesus. I receive you today. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for washing me. Make me a new creation. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let me pray for you, Father. I pray for your people. Everyone that has prayed this prayer, I ask for the reality of the new creation. I ask for, the, for, for your kingdom to come. To be made manifest in their life right now. I break the power of the enemy. I break addictions. I break the power of sin. Lord, I revoke every curse upon their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. So before we go, we want to receive our offering. If you've not given, if you want, you've not given, and this is an opportunity for you to do that. And uh, I want to pray for you if you've given. Also, I'm just praying, covering you in this prayer. Father God, I thank you. As your people give, oh Father, today, Lord, I speak your blessing over them. I ask, O oh God, for open doors. I ask, O oh God, for financial wisdom, witty inventions, ideas, well-creating ideas, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, I speak your favor over them as well. Lord God, let there be increase. Cause them to be fruitful. Bless the works of their hands. Mighty God, we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you real good. Fantastic. Please share this with someone who would also like to hear from you. We'd like to hear from you. This 
uh, broadcast has been a blessing to you. Let us know and also talk to people about this. We'll be here same time next week. Wonderful. God bless you real good. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.